This is the Everyday AI Show, the everyday podcast where we simplify AI and bring its power to your fingertips. Listen daily for practical advice to boost your career, business, and everyday life. Is AI taboo? Should we be using it at all? That's just one of the things that we're going to talk about today on Everyday AI. This is your daily live stream podcast and newsletter where we help you keep up with everything that's going on in the AI world, and we tackle some tough subjects. So uh, we have a guest today helping us do that. Uh, Iman Fatma Sayeda is a student at the University of Karachi in Pakistan. Iman, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you for uh, letting me a guest here, and thank you very much, Jordan. All right, I'm excited. Iman's been... every single time on the show. So if you are listening to this on the podcast later, make sure to join us. We go live on social media at 7.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. But Iman always brings up great questions. So uh, I'm excited to be on the other side to ask her some questions. So uh, before we get into that subject of is AI taboo, let's actually talk about what's going on in the world of AI. Just because it's Friday doesn't mean that the AI news takes a pause. So let's talk about it. So kind of the first big story of the day, uh, the Palantir uh, CEO, Alex Karp. Um, so they're a big AI, I believe, uh, military uh, selling AI uh equipment, software to the uh, military, but uh, tech leaders have been calling for an AI pause for a long time. And essentially, Alex Karp said, hey, the only reason that everyone's calling for an AI pause is because they're slow and they don't have a product or they don't have software yet. Uh, So uh, what's what's your take on this, uh, Iman? I think that's a, a really a good uh, thing because uh, with rapidly innovations in the AI, I think people are really slow with keeping up with it. And it's something that we should accept because uh, everything gets updated re- real quickly. And there are certain things that we, are, we can't get keep, keep updated with it. So yeah, it's something that he said is a correct thing that we are too slow to keep up with the AI. Yeah, it's that's a good point because, you know, things are developing, I always say, Tech used to develop on a on a monthly or a weekly basis, but with AI, it's it's hourly, right? You can read about a new technology in the morning, and by the time it's you know night, eight to ten hours later, so many people have taken it and just expanded its capabilities. Uh, it's wild. Uh, so speaking of capabilities, uh, so Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg or Meta, whichever one you want to call it, is kind of yeah. hyping up some incredible breakthroughs that the company has seen in AI recently. I don't know if this is supposed to be to uh, detract people from, you know, Apple's news with their new headset and Mark Zuckerberg saying, hey, look at us. We have a headset too. Uh, but what's what's your take on this, Iman? Do you think Facebook is, is up to anything great? Uh, Facebook have been very secretive regarding their updates. It's always like whoever is interested in us will get to know first. And it can also be their one of their marketing strategies where they want to grab their audience attention with introducing something new so that they, many people who are interested in Apple AI will move forward to them instead of looking at the news Apple AI is giving. 
Yeah, that's that's a good point. And, you know, uh, if if you're watching live, I just threw up um, one of Facebook's models. Yeah, I think, you know, they are uh, Iman was kind of talking about this before the show. They are kind of secretive. Facebook is with with their AI and what they're working on. But they even have a model called the segment anything model. So if you're watching this on the screen, you can kind of see the power of it. But if you're if you're listening on the podcast, it's essentially uh, the ability to recognize in real time any object, any shape, um, and track it without having to train the model. That's the crazy thing. Normally, you know, if there's a dog running, uh, you you have to train the model to say that's a dog and this is running. The segment anything model uh, apparently does it all for you. So um, yeah, Facebook, you know, they're they're actually doing a lot behind the scenes. So if Mark Zuckerberg's coming out and saying big things are coming, then who knows? Maybe maybe big things are coming. Yeah, maybe they are revolutionizing in their own way. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, so, so here's here's an interesting story. So we've talked about this um, actually in our newsletter that goes out every day. So make sure go subscribe youreverydayai.com. So uh, there's a bot that went bad. This isn't the first time that uh, you, you know a chat bot, you know, like a you know, ChatGPT or Bard, you know, you can kind of make your own version. It's not terribly hard, but sometimes they go bad. So that's recently uh, what happened with a bot called Tessa. So Tessa was a bot trained by the uh, National um, Eating Disorder Foundation, I believe is, is the, um, the uh, or sorry, it's the National Eating Disorders Association. So they created their own kind of chatbot that they could use with their clients called uh, Tessa. So it was supposed to help uh, people struggling with eating disorders, uh, overcome those, have someone to talk to. It went off the rails. The bot went bad. This happened a couple of weeks ago, but a new story kind of came out and said, uh, hey, essentially there are some unapproved updates to the bot that turned it rogue and ended up giving people looking for help with eating disorders bad advice. So this is not good. Uh, Iman, what's what's your take on this? And is is this going to be a problem in the future as people start to develop their own chatbots? I think it uh, can be a uh, problem, especially with ethical consideration of the AI that uh, unauthorized updates and unauthorized things to uh, give AI is something that we should be considered of. Also, people creating their own chatbots without like uh, having good knowledge can be a bad thing. And it can also linger with the ethical as well as the uh, geometrical considerations of the AI. Yeah, no, that's that's a great point. Um, so, yeah, as a reminder, if you are joining us live, feel free to drop a comment. Uh, Matthew, greetings from Ireland. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. So, um, uh, Iman, that's that that's great. So it's it's great. We just had a comment from Ireland. I'm from the U.S. You're from Pakistan. And, you, yeah. you know, we we talked recently, you know, at least here in the U.S., um, if you're using AI, a lot of times it's perceived as you're, you're a smart person. It's, you know, they look at someone using AI as, okay, this is a leader. This is someone pushing innovation. Um, you, you know, so it's, it generally has very positive, um, connotations if you're using AI in your company or as an individual, um, not the case in Pakistan, right? So, t- I mean, tell our, our, our listeners who may not be familiar, you know, what is it like for, you know, not just you as a student, but for any professionals to use, you know, generative AI, even, you know, ChatGPT or any other AI, what's that like in Pakistan? 
it's quite the opposite in pakistan it's like uh, there is a taboo as the subject says uh, they consider it as you are lacking of the intelligence or lacking of the creativity that's why you are using technology or ai as a shadow for yourself uh, mm. in us you consider it as a smart or innovating person but here it's like you are lacking in your own intelligence or you are not learning that good so that's why you are using ai to help you or to bring your creativity out of your shadow so it's something very negative take here it's not as an student uh, as as well as in the business because in many businesses there is always a headline that um, you are not allowed to take any help from ai or any generative content or else it will not be published or it will not be like we will not hire you or something so it's not only a, a problem at the student level but it is also a problem at the professional or business mm. level too Yeah, I think that's such this is such an important perspective because, you know, on the everyday AI show, we're literally talking to people every single day about AI. You know, most of our guests are from the US. So, you know, this is uh, a perspective that um I really enjoyed talking to Iman about. But, you know, where where is this um I guess this narrative coming from of you know hey if you're using this that just means that you you maybe don't personally have the intelligence or you're supplementing your own intelligence is this something I mean is it government is it businesses is it social like who if if or media like if you had to say like you know where this narrative is coming from that's making AI a taboo subject can you can you place a finger on it I think there's a taboo coming from a generational perspective mm. that our especially the people who are in 90s or early 2000s think that innovations especially with the technology should not be considered with a business it's their old ways of doing work and that's something they especially in east asia they dump on the new generation to like uh, bring out their old ways you know bring innovations you are not allowed to change because it might go away or they like suppose you to make decisions for yourself like you they have to make the decisions for our ours uh, life so there's something if you can say generation to as well as the aspect of the government because whenever we think that government has taking a part in a technology or innovation it always go wrong it's something mm. regarding ethical considerations is something regarding technological innovation so it's like a sort of what you can say is a sort of nightmare for them to use the ai in their daily life or technology in their daily life because think that things might go awry or things might go bad if they use a the technology which is everyone is using nowadays sure so i i do think that um even here in the us there is a healthy fear of ai and what ai is capable of however i think he, like that fear really truly exists um if you start to separate ai if you start to say hey generative ai so that's your you know i think what most people are using on a day to day basis so you know text to something so you know chat gpt text to text or mid journey you know text to image so i don't think there's a, a a really large fear in the us around generative ai i mean there is when it comes to job loss but when you talk about other ai um you, you know i think people can get a little scared what is it like uh in in pakistan um are people kind of um in 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 kind of just the whole usage of it being taboo but you're saying even for things like using chat gpt or if you're using any generative ai so you're saying generative ai in general is considered yeah. taboo right 
yeah yeah uh, first of all people don't like they have such awareness regarding generative ai or technology itself but once they do they started implicating that that it's not allowed to use especially for content creators or content writers who are working uh, to make contents daily they are not allowed specifically to use ai even to outline their work so it's something uh, like they considered it bad or they considered it that you are not creative enough or you are not mm-hmm. capable enough to be a content writer or content creator if you are using ai if especially generative ai to help your work so it's sure. something uh, bad here yeah um so a great a great question here from from pj saying is this taboo concept unique to pakistan or are there other countries that share this mindset um you know i'll i'll leave that one to you uh, iman cuz you actually you know talked about this a little bit um i am from pakistan so it more uh, seems like it is only pakistan but it's also especially in the asia especially mm-hmm. in the southeast asia of the pakistan of the area in philippines in pakistan in india in china too that they are especially for their students it's not allowed to use ai at all for their work so it's uh, in asia it's commonly known as like the taboo for the ai mm-hmm. uh, especially for the students itself but in pakistan india and philippines in east asia it's also up to the professional life okay all right so we we have someone on the other side here so we have someone uh, kind of you know maybe not disagreeing but offering another perspective so another uh common commenter uh, on the show and i've actually uh, talked to professor muhammad uh before so he's saying he's originally from pakistan he doesn't feel that it's it's taboo in pakistan saying over a period of a week uh he tried a few students to write scientific publications i'm guessing he's saying that they use generative ai and pushed it forward so i'll get your response but i'll also offer kind of kind of my my take um, I know that uh, Professor Muhammad is is really an advocate for ChatGPT, and and he's used it to research papers. So my thought is, you know, even talking with like what Iman said, kind of it maybe being a generational uh, divide. You know, she's she's a student, right? Like you said, you're technically a, a teenager still. So uh, yeah. maybe that's where the generational divide comes in. But do you see that maybe amongst your peers? Maybe it's it's taboo, Iman. But you're saying uh, it, at least with you, you know those maybe older generations are, are, are viewing it as such, or could it maybe be a taboo in some places and not as taboo in, in others? Yeah, I think it can be a uh, taboo for some people or for some it's not because people grow themselves, update themselves. But as he said, as Dr. Iftikhar said that he recently uh, let uh, students uh, public uh, publish their publications with AI. I recently had a case in my university where they, uh, investigated a student because he used AI, mm. generative AI, to outline his publication, and they caught him with it. So it's up to the people itself, it's up to their perspective, and it's up to the locations of where you are at right now. Yeah. So yeah, it depends upon the people itself too, on how they update themselves, and it's also upon the location or the environment you're in. So if you're as a teacher or as an advisor, letting your students use AI for their publication, as well as there are many others who don't let them use it, at all for even their homework so it's mm-hmm. upon the people to us upon the generations too and it's upon the point of perspective that everyone is having yeah so i do i do want to talk a little bit because i know that you're you're using ai in some um in some fun and innovative ways so let's let's talk a little bit about uh the startup that you and some of your fellow uh, fellow students have started so it's called the integrated smart mobility network so talk talk a little bit uh about that and how you're using ai 
to get your startup kind of going? Okay, so our startup basically started as a project uh, for international competition. And if we are going to soon change into a, star- a startup, we have already started a few things, few baby steps to start it. And in integrated smart mobility network, we use AI to enhance the transportation system we already have. You know how uh, rage, uh, a road accident we have, especially in Pakistan, in Asia, even in US, the road accidents and so we use AI in, integrated into the already built transportation system to make it more enhanced. We have three micro tech models in it. We have mobility app where we use uh, user experience of their traveling and make it more uh, easy, make it more advanced. Then we have e-vehicles where it vehicles are like more affordable to everyone, especially e- uh, electric vehicles. And third, we have a smart transportation system where we integrated artificial intelligence into the already built transport system to make it more enhanced, like introducing sensors to sense the things that are going upward, like potholes or humans, and especially integrating the cross uh, crosswalks and crossovers to make it more easy and in- user-enhancing and user-friendly. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Iman, you are our first student on the show, so I'm excited about that. We, I, th- I think we have one... Uh, our second student coming coming on on Monday, but um, yeah. I'd love to get your thoughts on, uh, especially I think I think here in the U.S. it is there's a gray area, right? Like in you know universities, in academia in general, should we be allowing technology? You know, you brought up the case of someone at uh, at, at your school being investigated for using ChatGPT. Uh, yeah. What's your thought on just kind of the state of using generative AI in education, should it be allowed? Should it be encouraged? What's your thought? And and what do you think that means for the younger generation? I think the use of AI should be encouraged and allowed in this academia system, as long as it is under the ethical considerations, as long as under the ethical rules, like you are not using it for cheating, you are not using plagiarizing your work. So as long as the student is doing it good, a student is using it under ethical values, I think it should be encouraged. I think it should be used. I think teachers use, should use it too, to outline their profile, to outline more of their work, to outline their teaching too. So I think AI should be encouraged in a way it aligns in the ethical values, whether it's in academia, whether it's in professional or business life. Yeah, I love that. You know, I, I've said it on the show before, if, if, if I was a professor, there would be a long paper due every single day. I know that sounds terrible, but you know, it's, I think it's a skill to yeah. be able to, to, to learn and properly use generative AI. Um, so, so my, my, my last question for you, unless we have uh, any others that, that come in here in the chat, um, where do you see this specifically with students, right? Because you still have uh, a, a couple more years uh, of school. Do you see this this changing at, at least for um, you know you know students in Pakistan? Just like the um, not just accessibility or the taboo changing, but also encouraged use to to, to use this more in higher education. I think far along in two years, I think it's uh, not going to change that much. But if, if I talk about like five years or 10 years, mm-hmm. I think it will uh, it will bring some changes because AI is making its place known to everyone. And I think in five to 10 years, Pakistan will be in its place where innovation is there, where using AI is as normal as using social media and anything else. So I think in five to 10 years, 
there will be some changes regarding AI in Temu. All right, perfect. Well, hey, that's it. Iman, yeah. thank you so much for coming on the show. Very much appreciate your perspective um, in, in, in bringing these important uh, conversations to life. So thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for uh, giving me time and giving me a chance to let uh, people know about the taboos in Pakistan regarding AI. All right. Fantastic. So uh, like Iman said, we're going to be sharing more of this in our daily newsletter. So uh, some of the things that she referenced, we're going to be sharing about those. So make sure you go to youreverydayai.com. This is also on a podcast. Make sure Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, please subscribe. Leave us us a rating if if, if you like the show. So uh, thank you for joining us. And we'll see you back, not tomorrow, but Monday and every day after that on Everyday AI. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Looking forward to the Monday's podcast. And that's a wrap for today's edition of Everyday AI. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a rating. It helps keep us going. For a little more AI magic, visit youreverydayai.com and sign up to our daily newsletter so you don't get left behind. Go break some barriers and we'll see you next time.